Welcome to the Rewriting Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Denton. I'm so happy that you are here. This podcast is all about letting go of the limitations and structures that are keeping you stuck, realizing that you're a powerful force in this world, and how to step into being the creative director of your own life. I am obsessed with questioning what we think of as reality and finding the evidence of people changing their lives through conscious manifestation, turning their mess to magic, and ultimately rewriting their reality. It is my promise to you to help you unlock your greatest potential and claim a life according to your dreams. I'm so excited that you're here for this adventure with me. And without further ado, let's get rewriting. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast, Rewriting Reality. I'm so excited for another episode being here with you all. How are you? How is your week going? What's life showing up like for you this week? I hope that whatever has been happening, you are looking forward to a wonderful weekend and are keeping it real. (laughs) Uh, So today's episode, I am going to be talking about mindset, mindset and beliefs and mindset mastery. So this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because I think that there's a lot of popularity and recognition around the importance of mindset nowadays in our life. Um, and we are getting very savvy in the way that we are understanding the mind and our consciousness and our belief systems and the way that that plays out into our lives. So it is a really interesting topic, but I guess I just want to preface this by saying that I think I have a bit of an, um, controversial opinion on some of this because I don't believe that mindset is really the foundation. I think that mindset is a byproduct of a deeper level of body work. Um, And so in some arenas, I do think that mindset is given a little bit too much importance and we're still evolving in our recognition uh, and our understanding of the role that the body plays. So this episode is about mindset and it's about mindset mastery, but it will have a a very body-based somatic uh, perspective to the conversation. So the first really fundamental piece to understand about mindset from my perspective is that you are not your mind. (laughs) You are not your mind and you're not the thoughts and beliefs that are played out through your mind. And these thoughts and beliefs that are played out through your mind are not related in any way to your worth. And why I really want to start out with this is because as humans, we often operate through our lives with an over-identification with our mind. And so when we're thinking about ourselves and our lives and we're going out our day-to-day business, we're very well-placed in the mind and that can be very convincing. (laughs) But 
the mind is playing out based on very old programs a lot of the time. And so this is where a lot of our frustration can come from because we think that we are trying to evolve and grow in our lives. But when we are over-identifying with the mind, we're actually really facing up with a lot of barriers to a lot of unconscious parts of ourselves that are actually calling the shots. So your mind and your mindset, however, can and should be your greatest tool. But like any tool, it is really dependent on the person using it. So when we get to know our minds on a deeper level, we really, the gift of this work, quote unquote work, is that we begin to really witness with a lot more awareness what's been playing out on autopilot. And we can get an insight in and an invitation into how to change our minds, how to master our thoughts and our beliefs, and how to really release long-held limitations and self-inflicted narratives. Um, And so we can, when we have a lot more of this awareness of our mind as the tool that it is, but not who we are, we really get to decide to use the power of our mind to create our desired reality, both internally and externally. But we decide how to use that. The, the mind doesn't, doesn't control that. We decide that from the wisdom of our infinite self, not, not the confines of our mind. And the infinite self is like our soul, our consciousness awareness, our connection to our divinity, our intuition, our heart, that is our true self. And when we over-identify with the mind, we cut ourselves off from that. And some of the symptoms of this over-identification of our minds um, is that our beliefs become really like our cages, like our beliefs are our confines because we believe them to be solid truth. And so if we're holding on to limiting beliefs or unhelpful beliefs, those beliefs are really the cage that are keeping us stuck in our lives. Beliefs can also sabotage. Like I said, you know, we we all want to grow and evolve. And then if we're operating with a over-identification with the mind, then we're sabotaging that growth and, and expansion because our identity is very limited only to what we have experienced before through our minds. So our mind wants to keep us safe and our mind likes predictability and control. And so it will preference what is familiar over what is unknown. And when we're trying to make changes in our lives and grow and evolve, a lot of that is unknown. (laughs) And that's where the growth is. Like that's what we're searching out. Like we're not... When, when we embark, say, on a, on a hike, right, like we are embarking on a challenge and a journey and then when we get to the destination and finish the hike, we get like a rush and a high that, wow, like we've just done this 
we've achieved this, you know, we've had this experience, but it's not the achievement that we're seeking. It's the pushing through that unknown, pushing through that barrier of, I don't know what lies ahead of me. And I'm listening to this call and I'm following this path. And that's what we're that's what we're striving for in life. That's what fulfills us. But the mind doesn't like that because the mind likes to, as I say, keep us safe from, from threats. Um, and so, as I said before, our identity, when we're over-identified with the mind, is very limited by what we've experienced before. So we might have experienced, for, for instance, a life where we've been, you know, very shy and anxious a lot of the time. And so some of our be- limiting beliefs about ourselves is that we are a shy and anxious person. And so when we're saying that we are shy and anxious all the time and really o- over identifying with that, and then we're trying to maybe make some changes around our social relationships or the way that we show up in the world with a bit more confidence, if we have an, a narrative, a belief uh, in our mind and that we are identifying with, it's actually very hard to break through that if that's who we are, if we believe that to be who we are. And so with our mind as well, when we're over-identified with our mind, we get a lot of imposter syndrome. So who am I to do this? Who am I to be this, say this, want this? And that comes from separation. So over-identifying with our mind as well disconnects us from the overarching connection of oneness that we all actually are. And so when we feel separate, we then feel like we need to protect and defend ourselves because we feel isolated and separate. And then I'm, I'm over here and, and that person's over there and the imposter syndrome kicks in of like, well, they're already doing it or they're better than me or I need to be better than them in order to feel connected and whole enough and that's what that separation of the, and rumination in the mind can happen. Um, the mind also likes to, as I say, stay safe. So it fears a lot. Um, and even if those patterns of thoughts are really unhelpful, um, even if they're judgmental towards ourselves or limiting in a way, we will continue to re reenact those thought patterns when we're believing that that's what we are and we're also not aware that we are so much more than that. And so essentially our mind creates and manifests our reality from a predetermined past conditioning, like a past program. So my belief is that we are all very powerful manifestors but we can't do this from the place of the mind because as I said before, the mind will just reiterate the past. <laughs> and so whether or not we're wanting to you know, manifest or simply just wanting to make a change in our lives, it's really important to start unpacking some of those limiting beliefs, those core beliefs that we have in our mind, separating ourselves from that and tapping into who we actually truly are And that's done from having that space to just start to witness and have an awareness of what the programs are in our mind. 
And the awareness alone is enough because it starts to go from, I'm an anxious and shy person and that's how that's what's going to dictate all of my actions to oh that's interesting i'm feeling anxious right now i i wonder with curiosity what that is telling me what is that what's that about and so instead of collapsing into that anxiety collapsing into that part of ourselves that lives in our mind that is anxious we can separate from ourselves and take more of a a zoomed out approach and have an awareness that there is a part of us that is experiencing that version of reality of being anxious, but it is not who we are. And then when we have that separation, we can witness the thoughts that are on repeat, rinse and repeat in our mind with a lot more curiosity and When we tap out of our mind and into our body and our heart and our bigger sense of self-awareness, the most amazing thing happens is that that curiosity also comes with compassion. And this is such a big piece for me that I realized because when I was living my life over-identified with my mind, when I was trying to make changes or evolve or grow in my life or just simply feel better, (laughs) Um, it would always come with judgment. And again, that's because I was collapsing into that part in my mind and I didn't have a broader zoomed out picture that I wasn't my mind and I wasn't the program that was playing out in my mind. And so because I believed that I was, I judged myself for that. So when we zoom out of our mind, we can use our mindset very powerfully, but we can do it from a place of compassion, from witness, from being that loving awareness, that loving witness of the programs that are running through our mind that we didn't choose, that we just picked up either from our culture or our experiences in our lives. And when we treat something with compassion and curiosity, it shifts because it is given the acknowledgement and the awareness and the allowance to be seen and heard. And then it feels safe enough to move into and evolve and grow into something else. If you are beating that part of yourself up and judging yourself because you believe that that's what it is and you're frustrated because you can't change it, you are not going to grow or move through that part. And so this is why I really think that mindset work is important, but it's it's the future is moving into somatic body-based Um, awareness of the wisdom that lies in our bodies and our hearts and our nervous systems and our connection to our intuition and the internal wisdom that we have that then sets the platform for our mindset. So the gift of this process of starting with the body first and our infinite self first means that 
we start to see life not through the consciousness of what's arising, um, but really being the loving witness and the observer of everything that arises in our mind and in our life and not collapsing into that. And then when we have that kind of overarching, that umbrella, bird's eye view, that bigger view of who we are, we're able to then focus and program the mind in the way that we desire it to be. And so when we're trying to make changes in our life or rewrite our reality, what will happen in our mind is all the parts will come up. You know, the fear will come up. The resistance will come up. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. I'm scared. I'm not ready. But the mind the mind will tell you all of those things because it's tr- trying to say, oh, no, this is unfamiliar. I don't like this. And we really need to then lean on the wisdom of our body, the higher self that is saying to us, I, you know, these parts are there and we can witness them and we can see them and we can learn from them. What are they trying to tell us? What parts of us are coming up right now in our mind that are trying to tell us to to pay attention, to heal, to move through. And so it's expansion and growth is about deciding in advance that we're going to allow the parts to be there and we're going to allow the experiences and the thoughts to be there and then we move them and process them through the love and the wisdom of our body and then the mind is free. So it's like um, one of my teachers says, it's like when people say about us having an inner child, like that's a very familiar term at the moment, you know, inner child work. And it's like, we don't just have one inner child. We've got like an inner preschool <laughs> of children. Um, and to me, like this is, you know, such an interesting visual because, I feel like I've got 30 preschool kids in my mind sometimes that are identifying me parts in my body and emotions and old programs that are stuck in my body that need that love, that need that acknowledgement, that witness to be there to say, I see you, I hear you, I feel you and come with me. We're going to do it anyway. Not from the mind of, oh, there's the part, there's the fear, there's the resistance, anxiety, collapse into it and become it and then be engulfed in that again. The part doesn't want that because the part wants you to show up and the part wants you to be the adult, the loving guide through that. And that's where the growth in the mind happens. This is where we talk about growth mindset because on a scientific level, we know that the brain is a phenomenal machine and it has the ability with neuroplasticity to rewire itself. So it's not a lost cause that we have, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, however old, of programs that we've you know, rehearsed over and over and over and over again. It's not a lost cause. What we do when we 
create new experiences for ourselves. We can really shift the beliefs from our body and then there's an emotional experience attached to that which then builds evidence and we can consciously create and build evidence towards the new pathways. It's like a muscle. When we build muscle, we challenge ourselves using that muscle to push through resistance and then that breaks down the muscle a little bit so that when it grows back, it grows back stronger. So we don't get we don't build through that muscle by just staying at the same weight or doing the same thing over and over and over again. That'll tone it. <laughs> that will strengthen the pathway in your mind. But in order to change it, we really need to break it down, uncover what it is, and then push through that lovingly with with awareness and moving through the body in the case of mindset with not collapsing into it to then rebuild a new pathway. And so the finesse that the body has that the mind doesn't in this is that when a part comes up or when fear comes up or doubt or, um, you know, a question of our self-worth or whatever our limiting belief or feeling might be, when that comes up, as I said before, it's, it's not helpful to collapse into it. And what that means is the mind likes to attach a story to it. So you might experience, for instance, when you're trying to do something new, you might experience self-doubt. Now, the self-doubt is okay. That's, that's allowed to be there. <laughs> you know, that's a part of it and it is a part of you. But the problem arises when there's a story attached to that self-doubt and that's what the mind does. So the mind experiences the doubt in the body as an emotion or a feeling and then the mind goes, oh, there's that feeling, there's that emotion. That reminds me of when I was five and I was bullied in the playground and now I know that I'm not enough um, and no one will ever like me and so therefore I should doubt myself here. This is another reason why I'm not good enough or no one will like me because the mind is a so what's happening here what I'm describing here is that the mind attaches a story to it or a belief to it that is usually a very old held belief because of a past experience. And so the self-doubt now, today, might not be actually really even that relevant to what's going on, but it triggers something in the mind that then plays out a belief. And so when we move through our limiting beliefs and our parts and our layers in our body, we don't then project a meaning onto our experience that's based on an old program. And so we can expand from our body. And when we have these feelings arise and the ego and the mind go searching for meaning and the story, we get stuck into that. 
and we over-identify with that. But when we do it through the other way, we heal these parts in our bodies first. The mind doesn't then search for a story because the part has already been taken care of. The emotion has already moved through. And so then what happens is you might experience some self-doubt, but you've got that that bird's, bird's eye view. You've got that wider lens and you go, oh, there, there it is. What do I want to do with that now? And you can ask your higher self that in that moment. Here's the self-doubt. I've got two choices here. I can collapse into it and relive what I know and is familiar, or I can show myself some compassion and I can decide that we're going to do it anyway or say it anyway or show up anyway. And that's when our mindset mastery comes into it because that's when you can decide to have a new thought. And the new thought might be, you've got this. And then you do it. And then that builds evidence towards that. But we can't do that when we are identified with the belief, with the old story. So we really need to be mastering our mindset from a place of a regulated nervous system, from a place of being tapped in and tuned into who we actually really are and to be the loving awareness of all the things that are coming up while we're trying to make these changes. A really good example of this is for me in the gym. Um, So there's a thing called box jumps where there's these boxes that have varying levels of height, but I'm always on the, the lowest height. And about two years ago, probably even more, one of my goals was to be able to do a box jump. So jump up onto this box. And it was a real challenge for me. Um, It was a challenge for me, one, because I hadn't done it before, but two, because having one eye, I struggle with depth perception. So I struggle to see how high something is or how far something is in relation to me and my body. So box jumps were really challenging and I worked for a long time, even though physically I knew that I probably could jump up onto the box. But every time I went to do it, my mind was like, no, you can't do it because I couldn't judge or predict. And so I eventually did it. And for me, even after I've done it over and over and over again, there are days where I will go to the gym and I will go to do a box jump and my mind will have that fear and that self-doubt will will pop up. And even though I've done it 50, 100, whatever times before, if I'm not aware of that thought, if I'm not compassionate towards that thought, I'll collapse into it. And what happens when I collapse into it is I don't do the box jump because I get the self feeling, I get the fear or the self doubt uh, feeling in my body first. It always comes, the feeling and the emotion always comes first. But very quickly, the mind goes, oh, there's a story. There's the belief that belongs to that. And so if I'm not feeling, if I'm not conscious enough to be, that witness of that process for myself and say, it's okay, Holly, 
I got you. That's the old program here. We're going to do it anyway. If I'm not attentive to that part and that emotion that comes up, I will not physically do that box jump. (laughs) So what it requires of me is to go, there's that feeling again and the feeling's there and that's okay. And I've got a choice here. I can witness the feeling and show it the love and guidance that it needs, or I can really, as I said, collapse into it. And when I collapse into it, it becomes my reality. And so this is just a really tangible example of the importance of mindset that we do need to make choices and form new beliefs, but we cannot do that when we are in it. We need to remove and separate and create space from our mind, from our thoughts that are always going to be there um, in order to choose differently. And so part of this is, you know, very commonly talked about with meditation. And one of the biggest uh, misconceptions about meditation is that we have to quieten the mind, you know, like we have to sit there and have no thoughts. And that that's not true. That is actually not the process of it. And it is actually not even possible. The mind will run its thoughts all day. Does it quieten down and get less? Yeah, it does. But that's not the goal of it. The goal of meditation or any practice, breath work is my chosen modality. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Um, But meditation, breath work, dancing, journaling, um, playing, just going for a run and and zoning out, you know, whatever the practice is for you, it's about being so in the moment with the experience of what's happening and unhooking from the mind so that you're able to run alongside the mind. The thoughts will be there. The thoughts will pop up. They will arise and you just watch it. You just see it there. Um, And when you spend more of your life from that place of the observer, as I said before, because you're not in the mind, you develop a lot more self-compassion for yourself and therefore you start to understand and be able to show up from your higher self a lot more, which is a loving, compassionate, worthy part of you. That's the true part of you. So the real question with mindset work for me is how how can we make love the resting place? How can we make love more of the resting place of our mind and our body? And that takes discipline. Um, And discipline not in the sense of, you know, self-punishment or degradation, but it's like you've got two options. Option one is to collapse into the trigger and become it. Or option two is to choose to meet it, to observe it, meet it with love, accept that it's there, and then choose differently with more of your evolved self. So when we're in mindset work, for me, one of the um, biggest factors that I talked about earlier was judgment. And why I really believe that mindset work needs to be very, very strongly rooted and supported by somatic body-based practices is that judgment cannot 
coexist with love. Let me say that again. If you are in a a state of being where you are experiencing love, judgment cannot survive here. So you cannot be loving something or a situation and judging it at the same time. And in my experience, both personally and professionally, working on self-love and and worthiness is something that we really push against and we try and bypass um, because we're addicted to the judgment. We're addicted to the story. We're reliant on the story and the judgment towards ourselves. And so we will trick ourselves into thinking that self-love will come when this thing happens in my life or when someone else tells me that I am good enough or that I'm worthy enough of love or when I achieve this next goal. And it's not true. It never comes from external sources. It is an inside job and it is a necessary job. And it is, um, in my opinion, really overlooked and shoved aside. When we choose very consciously to claim more love. It's not like we're trying to build it or find it. It's an uncovering because it's already there. And so what we're trying to do is, as I said, not get it, not try to achieve self-love because then again, we're trying to look outside and we're trying to give ourselves something that we're already not and that's lack. When we talk about self-love, we are looking at removing all the blocks and resistance to that. So I will tell you that anyone on this earth living in this time now or listening to this podcast, any human being is pure consciousness and pure love and what we do is we have a built up program and separation from that truth that then dictates our identity and how we show up and our beliefs and all of those things and our personality and how other people see us. That is really just a projection, but it is not the truth. The only truth is love. So if it's not love, it's not you. And if you are not feeling love, then you are not feeling you. (laughs) Um, I sound like a preacher. I I just sound like I'm I'm just like hammering this in. But it's just, I just feel that we disregard it. Um, And so part part of the journey and the process for me around really claiming my truth around this is like, I always just wanted it to be something else. Like I wanted it to be something fancier, like, no, it's not self-love. It's my mindset or it's, you know, um, my actions or it's whatever it is, you know, it's my trauma. And it's like, no, it's, it's the love. It's what is blocking love. Um, and so the work quote unquote work is, you know, the process here is to how to move just even gently, just like two degrees more into that. And even if at the start, it's not a conscious, like self-love for yourself, it's like, how do you rest more in love in 
in all of your minutes of your day. Um, And so some tricky things that you can really try um, around this is really um, prioritizing spending a lot more time in moments or activities that just give you that sensation, that give you that feeling. So, you know, if you're a mom, it's like being, being with your kids or Um, you know, your fur babies or a a beautiful music song that you love or um, gratitude is so powerful here because it's the same, it's that same frequency. It expands and opens up and connects your heart energy. Um, And so really consciously choosing to have more of that in your life is so important and especially if you have history of trauma or um, any kind of uh, challenges in your past is that you are very good at not letting that in Um, and so you need to practice ways and times in your life that you're just even allowing yourself to receive that even if you're not allowing yourself to acknowledge it at self-love. It's just like, how can we be in the energy and presence of that? Some mindset tricks around that um, is when we're trying to think of, you know, changing our beliefs, as I said before, um, really it needs to be done on an emotional level first and, and a body level first. And sitting with those feelings, those parts of yourself um, in meditation or breath work or or dance or movement um, and witnessing that coming up and just allowing it to be there. Um, And then when you move to the level of the beliefs and the mindset around this, whether it's through journaling or um, you know, you might want it. You might want to write down what one of your limiting beliefs are and what the feelings are attached to that, um, and then write out the evidence as to why that's not true, and then look at reframing it, re giving words to a new belief. And so, some of the tricks to that. When I first started out, I had a lot of resistance to journaling and writing things out. Um, because I was so disconnected from myself that I just didn't even like my voice or my perspective. And so one of my coaches, um, Sam Du, she has just helped me so much in being able to just, just gently stretch that with phrases like, um, yet, or I'm, I'm working towards that, or I'm willing to experience that I am good enough, or, um, you know, I am working towards something and I'm willing to show up for it, or I am willing to believe and feel that I'm worthy enough in my life, or I'm working to, you know, working towards that. And so it's like, you don't have to say that you are, but it's like a willingness to, have a little bit more of that in your life that that's gentle stretching um and you have to have that willingness because it does take showing up for that so when you know fear or doubt or an old story comes up in your mind even if it feels absolutely so true at the time it's the most even just the tiniest little move towards I can see that this is what I'm thinking at the moment but I actually am willing to see something different maybe there is a different thought here. What is the next best thought? 
Um, and so it's, sometimes it's not reaching for, you know, the highest self-actualization of love and, you know, worthiness and gratitude. It's like, I'm feeling, you know, really low about myself. What's the next best thought that I can have? You know, um, maybe that is, I'm capable of just being a bit better or, you know, I, I'm going to back myself to just feel even just a little bit better today. And so when you're choosing the next best thought or the next best feeling, um, if you're struggling with the thought, again, if you're feeling, you know, really anxious, maybe the next best feeling is just feeling neutral. (laughs) So it's like you don't necessarily are going to go from like extreme anxiety to, you know, perfect confidence. It's like how can I just shift that enough to just have a neutral um feeling about it. And then what happens from that neutral state is that you might actually be open to more positive experiences of that. And then that builds into, you know, a bit more self-kindness and then a bit more self-confidence and so on and so forth. So what is the next best thought that I can have here or the next best feeling that I can experience here and no matter how you experience it it doesn't matter as long as you you're having the experience so like I said before even if it's you know um an experience of like self-judgment um maybe it's about your body and so like you're feeling you know um judgment to the way that you look um and you know that the next best thing is to just get out of that trap of thinking about how you look is to just distract yourself with a better feeling. And so you will just get into a room with no mirrors and just dance to your favorite song and move your body. And it's like that, that is working on your mindset (laughs) because as I said before, when we trap ourselves into the mindset and we try and push and force and white knuckle ourselves into thinking better, but we're not feeling better, it's not going to stick. So allowing more time of a feeling um, of the feelings that you want in your life, allowing more time for that in your day as a matter of priority. Um, we often distract ourselves into thinking, oh, that's not productive. It's actually the most productive thing that you can do. I have moved the needle forward towards my goals more in my life, not because of the action steps that I've taken, although they are very important, like launching the podcast and recording the episodes and all of those things. But I cannot do that if I am not working on my state in my body and how I'm feeling in my body, because my beliefs and my mindset will get me trapped into that I can't do this. So it is a matter of importance that you are cultivating more time, more feelings in your life where you have even reaching for the next best thought, the next best feeling up that ladder bit by bit by bit by bit and not judging that process because again when you bring judgment into it you will not move up it's only from a place of self-acceptance or self-love or self-compassion or a willingness to just be what it is right now that then you can keep moving forward building on that muscle flexing that muscle and shifting into an uh, improved self-worth and a new way of being. And that's that's the mindset work. That's what it is. It's not 
just thinking a new thought. It is experiencing a new reality and then that becomes a new way of thinking. And then what happens is your mind, because on a mechanical level, your mind has something called a reticular activating system, which is called the RAS. And it's a part of your mind that filters because we're experiencing so many um, bits of information and, you know, visual information, auditory information, um, you know, conversations, everything that we're doing in our life, everything that we're seeing, all the things that we're doing. It's too much. And so everything gets filtered through our RAS and our RAS is sorting out what's important and what's not important. And so (laughs) when we're feeling really crappy and, you know, in self-doubt and fear and resistance and old programming, our mind will go, okay, we need to seek out all of those things because that's where we are and that's what's important right now. It's like, you know, when you want to buy a new car and it's like, okay, I want to buy a Toyota. And then all of a sudden, like you'll just see Toyota cars everywhere. Like that's not a coincidence. The Toyota cars were always there, but before you might've only been seeing Suzuki's or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it's because that's what's important to your mind at that moment and that you will, it will filter through. And so when we are shifting the state in our body towards more love, more joy, um, more space between our body and our thoughts, then our mind is able to filter through a lot more evidence of that rather than the old programming. So if you shift it to, I'm willing to see things differently, the mind will start showing you things differently and you'll start seeing little changes as opposed to, I'm not willing to see things differently because I'm not worthy. And then it'll just show you all the reasons why that you're quote unquote, you know, going to believe that you're not worthy. And then lastly, of course, I, I personally, um, you know, as I said, I'm a very, very strong advocate for breath work and body-based work because the body has a wisdom and innate wisdom and intelligence to move through emotions um, in a way that we don't need to understand them. We don't need to attach meaning to them. We don't need to get caught up in our mind in them. Um, And when we move through those emotions, we meet those parts of ourselves that are there that need that acknowledgement that need that space um, and that attention because they're there telling us something. Emotions are keys. They're telling us really important information about where our set point is in our life. And so the body does that. That's the body's job is to do that because then what it does is it frees the mind and the mind is then able to be creative and able to problem solve. And as I say, see new evidence of new ways of being or possibilities or potentials. Um, And the mind can then operate cleanly um, by the support of our body and our regulated nervous system. So that's that's the real mindset work is resting in the body more so that we can create that that loving witness, that awareness of our mind. And I've given you some ways in this podcast episode that you can start to practice those things in your life. Um, 
And I also have, as I have mentioned before, my free breathwork, morning breathwork routine, which is only 10 minutes. It really sets you up for some of that foundational body-based work in the morning so that then your mindset is given the best opportunity to to thrive during the day. Um, And in addition to that, I'm also running a breathwork um, experience next Tuesday, which is a masterclass. And this is where we do this. This is an experience of this practice to really um, even just shift one, one limiting belief or one area of your life. Um, let's apply some of this and bring, bring that stuck part to this masterclass. And I will show you, I will guide you through a process that really unhooks you from that so that you can have the space um, and the resolution to really choose a new belief um, and rewrite some of that reality for yourself. So I'm really excited to to hold that um, masterclass. There is a link in my Instagram bio and I've also included that in the show notes of this podcast episode. It's going to be so fun um, and it's just going to yeah unlock you to your wisdom. And I, yeah, just really, I just can't wait to do it. (laughs) So I really hope that you would join me there on that masterclass. Um, There will also be a recording available. So if you do decide to join me on that and for whatever reason you can't make it live, um, you will be emailed a copy of the recording for you to keep. All right, my loves, that is that for this episode this week. I hope that you have found it interesting. I hope you have um, got some little things to take away and apply into your life. Um, please let me know how, you, how you've how thought of this episode. Um, share your thoughts and ideas. Please, please, please rate and um, review this podcast and share it with anyone that you think uh, might find it interesting or useful. I really appreciate your support in this in this creation and this process. Without you guys and without your support, this project would not be evolving in the beautiful way that it is. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, yeah, please keep that keep that feedback coming. I want to know what you're interested in. I want to know what your thoughts are. I'm not here to just talk to myself. So it is about a co-creation between you, um, you and I. And uh, yeah, I really, really value your feedback. So go and have a lovely day. I look forward to seeing you at the masterclass next week. Grab your free breathwork audio through all of the links through my Instagram page. I love you so much. Bye for now.